Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Take a seat. Thank you for joining us here. All of you who are here with us in person and all of those who might be watching online today. Um, today is, uh, I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, a bit of a bittersweet day uh, for us here. As it is the last time we will be meeting together as Emmanuel Church. Many of us are here and involved in our our larger congregation as in other roles and other things. And so it's never, um, it's not like I'm going anywhere right now, you know, but um, it is the end of something. It's the end of a a season, a a chapter in our life, you know. And uh, today my message is not what you might have my typical formula of preaching or teaching. Um, it's a little different um, because of that. And goodbye, you know, goodbyes are never easy. Um, I don't mean the simple ones like see you tomorrow. See you soon. See you next week. The ones that you say, uh, the one we say at the end of every service here, see you next Sunday. The harder ones, a friend that moves away, the loss of someone close to you, the death of a friendship, a breakup, the end of something you love. Like when your favorite TV show gets canceled or your favorite character dies. It's traumatic. As if you've lost someone real in your life at times. Or like the end of this service, the end of the chapter here we are facing today or celebrating and coming to today. It's not an easy process. It's not an easy thing. Um, So we hide it. We deny it. We make excuses. We imagine that one day everything will be back to normal, back to business as usual. But if the past few years are any indication, that is never the case. Things really don't go back to normal once something has changed. Because we change. We grow. We become different people. In my favorite TV show, I don't know if you've heard about it. I don't know if you've heard me talk about it. Of course, I'm joking. You've heard me uh, talk about it. I always used to tell people, uh, I uh, spread the gospel of Jesus and of Doctor Who. Trying to make disciples of both. In my favorite show, this is very much demonstrated real uh, real to me. If you don't know it, you, you don't know, but it's okay. I'm going to explain it to you. No, not the whole thing. But I found Dr. Who during a time of my life when I was suffering through depression. 
It had been suggested to me by a friend, and up until that point in time, I kind of blew it off and didn't really pay attention to it. But I decided to watch it, and it resonated with me. That same friend has a long list of still other TV show suggestions that I have yet to get to. Um, But they don't usually steer me wrong. And they didn't in this case either, because Doctor Who very much resonated with me. It was a ray of hope. It empathized with my suffering, my sorrow. It made me laugh, and it filled me with wonder. I really do love the show. But the hardest thing about watching Doctor Who is that when, when you become too attached to the main character, the Doctor. Because the Doctor is a Time Lord from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castor. I'm going to be a nerd here. But from the future. And when death knocks on the door of a Time Lord, they don't die. They do something called regenerate. They become a whole new person. So the character that you have fallen in love with, the doctor, that version of themselves is now gone. And you resent them a little bit, this new one. Because of this, the doctor has been known in throughout their character to not be known to hate endings. They don't like when things end. They tear out the last page of every book that they read. They don't like saying goodbye. Sometimes they run away rather than doing the hard thing. And this begins kind of like a cycle of hate and love for the show. Because then you hate that there's change. You hate that there's new this new character because they took away your favorite character, your favorite person. And eventually, though, you find something to love about them, too. My favorite doctor has shifted between almost as much as they have regenerated, as almost as often as they have regenerated. But in the end, like I said, you find something new to love about the current iteration of this doctor. And often I have found the words of the doctor comforting in many different times of my life. I believe when I when we were first starting this service, there was something new that was happening in me. And I remember the words of the 11th doctor who said, as he was getting ready to regenerate, change is good. We're all different people all through our lives, and that's okay. But you have to keep moving. Because all of that is part of you, who you are. All of you experience. And my current favorite doctor, the 12th doctor, in his ending, in his regeneration, portrayed by the actor Peter Capaldi, their last words resonated with me deeply and have become sort of a way I, I want to live my life. And they have a speech to no one in particular, really, to themselves. And this is not the entirety of the speech, but this is a paraphrased version of the lines that resonate with me the most. And as the doctor is getting ready to regenerate, this is never be cruel, never be cowardly, and never eat pears. That's good advice. I hate pears. 
But remember, hate is always foolish and love is always wise. Always try to be nice, but never fail to be kind. Laugh hard, run fast, be kind. And right before the moment of their regeneration, the doctor had been struggling up to this point to let that go, let this go. To just take some time, they said to rest, but really to actually die. They didn't want to regenerate. And I said, perhaps it's time to let go of this version of myself and move forward. And the last words that the doctor said is, doctor, I let you go. The words of the doctor, I love them. Hate is always foolish. Love is always wise. Run fast, love hard, be kind. And I hope during the time that we have been here for these last four years, that we have the work that this team has done, the work that I have put into this, that we have prayed into this, and everything that you have been a part of, as if you have been part of this congregation, of this family, of this community. I hope that it's been an impact to you. And so today, rather uh, than preach a typical message or go out and uh, try to do something normal at the end, this might be a little sad. I'm going to try not to cry. These are kind of my last words for you today as we end this chapter of Emmanuel Church, as we end this chapter, as I end this chapter of my life as well. First, I want to say I hope that you've learned something. I hope so. (laughs) That is my greatest fear as a preacher, that no one is listening (laughs) When I sit up here, hours on end, well, I don't always sit up here, but when I sit in my office preparing and praying and putting effort into what we teach here, what we do here, and my greatest fear is always that no one is listening. But what I hope, I hope, I hope that you have listened, and I hope that you have learned. And if you haven't, at least for the last two years, you can go back and watch everything online. But I hope that you've learned something. Here are three things that I hope that you have learned here. Above all else, if there is anything else you take away from the years that you have been a part of this family, this congregation, I hope that you have learned, first of all, that you are loved. You are loved by God. That nothing can ever change that. Nothing can ever take that away. No one can take that away. People will try. They tell you that God hates you because of sin, because of who you are, because of how you live. But that's not God. That's not who he is. That's not who God has represented themselves to be. God is love. 
And so first and foremost, I hope that you walk away from this place having heard those words more than anything. You are loved by God. And you are loved by me. I love you, every one of you. Every one of you that I've never met that watches online and I, I don't even know who you are. I love you too. All those that have come through these doors. All those that maybe might find this space online later in life and they hear words of encouragement. I, I love you too. God loves you too. I hope that you have learned to love well. That has always been one of my biggest aims. And maybe, 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 just maybe, you thought, man, he talks way too much about how to love your neighbor. Well, I don't know if you know this guy named Jesus. He said that the law of God is summed up by loving God with all that you are and loving your neighbor. I hope that you have learned to love well, to put prejudices aside, to try and hold back the hate that you've been taught, the hate that you have caught, that you have been exampled to by others. I hope that you have learned that loving well doesn't always mean that you do it perfectly. You're going to be angry at people sometimes. You're going to not like people as they cut you off in Houston traffic. You're going to have a hard time loving those who disagree with you. Loving those who just seem insane and they can't possibly be real that they actually believe that the earth is flat. That's a joke. But, I, but of course, it's hard to love those who don't agree with us. But I hope that you have learned to love well. And that looks different to different people and to different ways and to different things and to different in different stages of your life. But I hope that you have learned to love well. And on that, I hope that you have been loved well by me. And if I haven't, I am sorry. I hope that you have learned to love yourself. The other part of that commandment that Jesus said is the most important is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So self-love is important. It's not easy with all the conflicting messages and the things that people want us to believe about ourselves, but I hope that you have learned to love yourself well. Because you're worthy of that. You are unique. You are beautiful. Every one of you. And every one of you has reason to know that you can love yourself. You can be kind to you. I know sometimes we look at ourselves in the mirror and we say, I don't like this person. I don't like you. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm not enough of this. But you are. You are enough. And you have permission to love who you are. That's what I hope you have learned. And in all of this, I have also learned things. I've learned a lot doing this. I've learned that 
Sometimes you have to take risks, of course. There's, there's a lot of them. And I, and I can say that hundreds of things probably, but I want to summarize it to these three. One, keep on going. That doesn't mean that sometimes things have to end like today. Sometimes things end, and that's okay. Endings are part of life. But never giving up or keep on keeping on to persevere means that even when things end, you keep one foot in front of the other and you keep walking. You hold on to all that you've experienced, to all that has shaped you, the all that has made you who you are, and you keep going. The good and the bad. Because throughout life, we will discover that we didn't like ourselves very much in the past. We look back and cringe. It's like, who, who is that? Two instances recently made me think that. A former student of mine when I was in youth ministry uh, sent me a meme and said, this was you when you were a youth pastor. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cringy. I know I was I was probably bad. All of you who have been one of my students, I know. I look back, I think back, and I, I've read and found some of the sermons and messages and things that I preach, and I'm just like, was it that bad, God? I really didn't like that version of me. And then another encounter, a conversation with a friend who knew people that knew me years ago, and they said that you shouldn't be friends with them because... All they're trying to do is recruit you. And they said, I never believed that because that's not what you showed me, who you are. And it made me sad a little bit because I thought I was that person, though. I was more in it for recruiting, for for growing the church by numbers rather than truly loving people. And so I've learned. I've learned a better way. And that meant keep on keeping on, even in the face of all of the mistakes and the failures and who I used to be. Even if I didn't like that, I keep on going. Another thing I've learned is that in the, fe- in the face of fear and anxiety, that we are not alone. Jesus is with us and you have... Jesus is with us. We're not We're not alone. In this, God is with us. But also, you have each other. This community, this place, these people, you have an ear to listen and a shoulder to lean on. Third, there is room for rest in our lives. That's something that's been clear to me over the years leading here. Rest, how important rest is. Taking time to enjoy life. Because if you're always here, how are you going to live out the life that God has given you? If you're always here, how are you going to share the love that you have been given by Jesus with others? There is room in our lives for rest, and rest looks different. Rest is play. Rest is fun. Rest is exciting. Rest is sleep. (laughs) 
Rest is important. Rest honors God and who he is. Because even God rested. And sometimes we move too fast that we miss what we need the most. And resting helps us to refocus, relearn who we are, what's most important, who God is in our lives. Rest is important. Here's what I hope for the future. That today and moving forward, let yourself be sad. Give your space, give yourself space to grieve, to heal and grow, because that's a part of life too. Loss and endings and hard things. And if all we ever do is hold that in, we're going to become very bitter, very hard-hearted people. And even the love that we have for others, we really become hatred. But we have to allow ourselves to have grief, to mourn, to heal. Sometimes healing means complete healing. Sometimes means that everything that we went through, is it's like it never happened. But sometimes healing means you carry those scars with you for the rest of your life. But all the same, give yourself that space. Give yourself permission to be sad, to be crying, to be crying. Yeah, just to be crying. To become crying, where that's all you can do. It's just a <laughs> Let that be you. Give yourself that space. I hope that you will step into the future that God has for you. Don't let anyone define that for you, though. It doesn't have to look like what everybody else says it looks like. God can use you wherever you go, however you live, wherever you're at. Whatever your talents are, your giftings are. Ministry, something I've always also learned, doesn't always look like this. In the past year, some of the most powerful moments where I have experienced a connection with God are where I've reached out in compassion to those who are in need and simply offered a hand of help, however small it may have been. And in those moments, God was with me. I was like, this, this is, this is, this is ministry. This is living how God has asked us to live, to love the least of these to make room in our lives for others. It might not always look the same. It might not always look like what people expect it to be. But I still believe that God has something for each and every one of us. Because ultimately our call for all those who follow Jesus are to love well. And that's going to look different. Because you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can work fast food restaurants you can work in a library you can write, you can read, you can create you can work on cars, you can do all of that and yet still 
be ministering in love to everyone around you. And I pray and hope, my last hope, is Obi-Wan Kenobi. No. Great show. That you continue to love others. Regardless of faith, identity, ethnicity, race, social stats, or that instead of ignoring the differences that people have or hating them because of those differences, that you will love them for those differences. Because we are unique, every human being on this planet, and yet we are all created in the image of God, and now we are all deserving to be loved. So I pray that you will love, continue to love. That even though there is an ending here today, that doesn't mean that you have to close your heart. There is nowhere else for you to go. God still has things in store for each and every one of us. So to finish, I want to do three things. First, I want to express my gratitude. Thank you to every person, past and present, that has been part of my leadership team. If you're watching this later, if you're not here. I know I haven't been perfect. But I have done my best to grow and to learn so that I can be a better pastor, a better leader, a better friend. Thank you for all your support and all that you have done I know it hasn't been easy. I know it's been discouraging at times. But thank you. I pray that God blesses you through all of for all that you have done here. I thank you to uh, thank you. I want to extend a thank you to every member of our congregation if you even haven't been part of this uh, team, but you've been part of our community here. I literally would not be a pastor without you. <laughs> You are the reason I have continued to this point so that I could serve well. Thank you for the understanding of every person here as I am, as we are ending and as I am moving into a part of my life that is unknown for me right now. But I thank you for your understanding. I know it might be difficult. I know it's sad to bring an end to our time together, but... I thank you for your understanding as I move to work and rest and move forward in my life. All of your support is appreciated and held very dear to me. Thank you to the staff and the pastors of our larger congregation, two of which are my parents, who have given me their trust in leading this congregation, this small us place. Thank you for giving me your trust. And who have prayed for me and worked to understand what's coming next, what is going on next. Thank you to my wife, who knows how stubborn and difficult I can be. She knows all the things you never hear about. And yet she has supported me through it all. She has been my biggest support in all of this. All my love to her. Thank you. Thank you to everyone. Secondly, um, we're going to take a moment here, and I'm going to stand for this part. We're going to take communion.
I know we didn't do it often. But uh, Eli, if you could help me. And if we would stand for a moment. Communion is important. Communion or the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper or La Santa Cena, however you might know it as. This is a tradition in our faiths in all of the different variations of the Christian faith. There is this in common. Communion. It is symbolic of the last meal shared by Jesus and his disciples. And it symbolized their close relationship. That in the end of his time on earth and his ministry, and in the moments that he was about to suffer the greatest, suffer the most, he wanted to be close to his friends. And he told them as much. He says, you here now, I no longer call you my servants. You're no longer just students. You're my friends. And I want us to be close here. It symbolizes the relationship between God and ourselves. And it symbolizes the relationship between God and each one of us. It is an image of the love that Jesus poured out on the cross. I want you to think about it that way for a moment. Maybe you've never really thought about the cross that way. Maybe all you've ever thought or heard about the cross is that the cross was symbolic of the punishment that Jesus received on our behalf. Maybe that's all you've ever heard, that it's all about those sins. But really, 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 the story that the cross tells the story that we remember when we take communion. It's not a story of punishment and sin and brokenness. It's a story of a God who loves so much that he gave all of who he is to us to bridge a gap, to bring us closer together, to make us and show us, show us the lengths with which he was willing to go to be persecuted by the state, to be persecuted by religious leaders, to be killed up to that point on the cross to show his love for you. That's what it was. It's a story of love. Not of sin, not of destruction, not of punishment. It is a story of love. So now if we would take a moment Edward, you can take a pause here so that we can do this together. And I'm going to read a passage from the book of 1 Corinthians as we take this together and take a moment of silence in this time. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This, this is my body, 
which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The bread symbolizes his body that was broken that day. And he said, this is my body, which I'm giving over to you. I'm giving myself over to you. This is the story of love. The suffering that he endured that day to express that. This is that, which we do to remember. So let's take this bread today. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, until he returns. This is also an expression of Jesus' love for us, God's love for us. That he poured out himself to us, gave us all that he is. Let's do this, take this cup in remembrance of him today. just take a short moment in this in this space for silence to remember and to just say this to Jesus today Jesus I love you Lastly, the last thing we're going to do today as we finish communion today, you can give us some ambience again. Lastly, I want to pray for you. And I want to bless you. This blessing is found in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. It is based on the song we sang earlier today. No, rather, the song is based on this scripture that we sang earlier today. This came first, not the song. But this is a blessing that the priests of Israel would use to bless the nation of Israel. It's a prayer. And I wish to pray that prayer over you. And after it, I'm going to add my own prayer in my own words as blessing over you. And as we come together to worship one last time to close together uh, our time together here today. And just spend some time in God's presence together at the end here. So let me bless you today. If you would close your eyes for a moment. And I pray that you would receive this as I pray over you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. I said I'd try. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Father, we thank you not just for today, but for the last four years, four and a half years here. 
We thank you for every blessing. We thank you for every hardship, every tear, every laughter, every moment of laughter. We thank you for every moment we found ourselves in your presence, every moment that your word changed our outlook on life. We thank you for what might come. For as I pray over these, every person listening today and every person watching today, I pray that that blessing that was for the people of Israel it rings true to them today and in the in years to come. That you would let them know and remind them that you shine on them. That you keep them. That in the darkest moments and the most difficult days, and in the times of celebration and the highest of highs, you will be with them. Walk with them. And I pray that every life they come across will be changed and know that they are loved by you and by them that whatever is coming next you have not left us and that we not give up and know and know of all else and know that we are loved and that you are not done yet I pray for rest. I pray for healing. I pray for growth. I pray for new avenues, new doors, new ways of walking and living and breathing and enjoying this life that you have given us. I pray, God, that we would be able to love you well and continue to follow you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'd like to ask you guys. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.